0: I can't believe that, that 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 can't be a real name. It's awesome it's if it is. It's
1: the best photographer name ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he's in a comic book, <laughs> <laughs> how is that a thing?
0: <laughs> the photographer Matt Black. Right, that's his okay. alter ego. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Swoops let me just in me... to expose the bad no,
2: guy. Oh, come on! <laughs>
1: Uh, it is episode one forty two. It's Tuesday, of course. Yeah. How many how many Tuesdays have we missed? Only one, right? Maybe two. Maybe a Could couple. We,
0: we've been pretty two? good.
1: We've been pretty consistent. Well,
0: there have been Tuesdays where we've recorded two and then put one out the following week.
1: Ah, uh, see, when so we've, we've traveled been, or whatnot. Yeah, we've been sneaky. Uh, but but today is actually Tuesday. Yeah. So what is this? January thirteenth. Yeah. Something like that. Tuesday the thirteenth. Very bad luck. Bad luck Tuesday, right? Uh, it's episode 142 of On Taking Pictures. We're talking about <laughs> photography. I, I forgot where I was for a minute. I like the question uh, mark at the end of that. It's On Taking Pictures? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about photography. We're talking about uh, creativity. We're talking about... Uh, oh, can we get a full full plate today? Uh, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris from fadedandblurred.com. And with me, the, the now recovered... Huh, barely. Barely, <coughs> uh, Bill Wadman. Almost there. Almost there.
0: Uh I feel like I'm on I'm on the edge of the mend. You know. This is a good thing. I feel like this stuff takes long I know this is going to sound like oh it's an old people joke, but I'm serious that that I, you do recover slower as you get older. Of course you do. Which which really does kind of put into clear perspective how much it
1: sucks to get old. Uh I don't know. I don't mind it. The slow recovery. Or getting well, old, just getting older. I yeah, don't yeah, mind it. Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: the old part it doesn't bother me. It's the recovery that bothers me. But uh, but yeah, I'm here. I'm back. And we got a lot to talk about.
1: Yes. Um, where do you want to start? Let's let's just uh, let's dive in with this. Start this at the beginning. That you. Uh, yeah, the work for higher things. So I had. A, this I had is a f- interesting. Yeah,
0: a friend of mine. <laughs> okay, so for 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 those of you who don't shoot for uh, newspapers or magazines. The the typical way that, that it works is that a magazine will hire you and, uh, say, look, we'll give you say a thousand dollars to go out there, take a picture of that guy or of that building or of this place. And, uh, and then we will essentially license those photos from you for use in this issue of the magazine or newspaper or whatever. Uh, The point being is that you all they're hiring you to take the pictures, but you own the copyright and they're basically licensing the copyright from you to use it for for their magazine. But after that, you own the pictures. Right. Um, Now, this is a good thing in many ways, the least not the least of which is the fact that you can after a certain typically an embargo period, you could sell those pictures to other people or sell them to the subject or they're always yours forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have shot for maybe two dozen magazines, different magazines in my life, and this has always been the way it's been. And so a friend of a friend of a friend of mine, uh, who I met at a wedding a while back, uh, s- sent me an email the other day and she said, look, I, you know, I, I got my first job working for this, for this food magazine and, uh, they want me to go take a picture, uh, and, uh, and they want to, uh, pay me, but the, it says that they own the copyright. And I was like, "That doesn't sound right." And so I pulled out one of my uh, contracts and like sent it to her, one one of the ones I've signed before. Uh, mm-hmm. And she sent me the one she sent and it, that she had received. And yeah, and it basically said, "You're doing this as a work for hire, much in the way that you and I, I'm sure, when you were working at Uni and I did my advertising stuff. You know, I don't own the designs for some." budget sure. rent a car website budget right, does because right, right. it's a work for hire. So they, this is basically the way that they had, they had changed their agreement with photographers. Now I do believe that when it comes to authors like writers for magazines and stuff, uh, it, it, it isn't considered a work for hire. Do you know, do you know if that's
1: true? <clears throat> I, I, I think it is a work for hire situation in, in, in the writing in the words part. W- right. Right because yeah. you're you're writing for the magazine. I think photography is really the only to my knowledge anyway and and you guys podcasted on takingpictures.com correct us if we're wrong but I I think that uh photography is kind of unique in that respect.
0: Yeah, I wonder what the case is for say the comic or you know the the little uh um illustrations for say New York magazine. You know what I mean like the or New Yorker, the New Yorker, like those you know those little funny Little comics that they they do in those like political cartoons and that kind of stuff. I wonder how that works, too, if that's a similar kind of thing. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's sort of in between the two. But anyway, for whatever it is, it's traditionally always been uh, like a a copyright license thing, not a work for hire when it came to photography. So, uh, you know, she went back to them and said, hey, this, you know, this isn't sound right, blah, 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 blah. And they came back and said, no, this is the way we work and basically take it or leave it. And I, you know, I I said to her that if if I was if I had the opportunity to say no, like if I didn't absolutely need the money, I personally would say no. Like that just feels weird to me. Um, the 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 strange thing about it is that it's sort of one of the things that 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 we do retain as photographers is that we have our work when we're done with it. You know. It's not like we we go out, we shoot, we hand it all over, and it's 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 going out of our hands. And we all we have to show for it is a check for five hundred bucks or whatever it is. Like right. we still have our work. So the idea that, that that they're asking her to give over a copyright. So anyway, I, I I guess my question is, and I have nothing but anecdotal evidence to to suggest this, but I wonder if this is some sort of uh, uh, grab by the magazine industry, basically, is another way to sort of squeeze more profit out of whatever they're doing. Cause now they own the pictures of whoever they, she went and took the pictures of and they can sell them instead of her selling them later. You know? Um, it just, I, I guess it was a, it was a strange precedent and something I hadn't seen before. I was just wondering what you, what you thought of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like it, if, if this is a trend, uh, I, I, I would tend to be worried about it because the copyright seems to be the sort of last, I don't know. <laughs> last thing that, that photographers have to hold on to (laughs) with, with, with prices and, and what you actually make for shooting on, on kind of a downturn or or seemingly on a downturn. Yeah.
0: So like, yeah, at least you have the, the pictures to show for it. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, what, what good that actually does in practice, um, you know, you, let's say for the sake of argument, you know, you own all the copyright of, of things that you've shot for magazines, but are you ever really going to use them for anything but those magazine shoots? Probably not.
0: Yeah, I, I would say about a third or a half of the time I sell the stuff again. Uh, so To a different magazine? To a different magazine or to the subject sometimes, but a lot of times to different magazines. Hmm. Uh, so it's – I mean it, it does happen. That is actually a real thing. Now – that depends on the subject and whatever it is like the the more high profile or the more the people you shoot are somebody that other magazines are going to want and don't want to pay somebody else to shoot or can't figure out the timing or whatever it is you know that that becomes more of a thing but the, but there is definitely a uh i don't know that just whew, it makes me uh it, g- it gives me a little shiver down my spine i have to admit she was talking about it i was like wow that's just that's, it feels a little scary, like a little bit like the foundation is going out underneath, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I, I could see where that would be definitely cause for concern. Absolutely. Mm. And you, but you've not experienced anything like this. I've where, never where seen somebody it. Yeah. Has demanded your copy. No,
0: no. I mean, I can't, I certainly, I don't think I've ever signed it. Not for anything. I mean, I'm trying to think if I ever have, no,
2: I don't think I have.
0: Yeah, I think I've always done a licensing thing, which – yeah, it's just – it makes me think of of people like uh, Jay Mazel and people like that who are kind of – go so far as to be considered sort of jerks by some people on their – In terms
1: of protecting their yeah, copyright? Yeah, protecting
0: their own copyright. And you think, you know what, like if we're not vigilant, this is the kind of stuff that tries to go down, you know, and if some people who don't know any better start signing these agreements, well, no, this is just the way we've been doing it for the past year and no one else seems to have a problem with it, Mr. Wadman. Right. Like that's a scary, I don't know, that's a strange uh, place to be. So, uh, yeah, anyway, just I thought it was interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I you know. Maybe reach out to some some of your other friends and see yeah, if anybody
0: that's... I, I guess that's a question. But if yeah, if anybody else has any other experience, uh, let me know. I'd, I'd love to hear if this is a more common thing than not nowadays. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, if I was t- hired to take pictures of the interior of a, you know, doctor's office or something like that. Like, I wonder if interior architectural photographers sell the rights to their work or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I wonder if there are specific sections of 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 the industry that do. But I don't know, it's just weird. Anyway, we'll put that out there.
1: Uh, hey, you listen to 99% Invisible. I do indeed. Uh, I do indeed.
2: You like that show?
1: I like it a lot. Yeah, I don't yeah. listen to it all the time um, just because I've got a bunch of podcasts that I that I listen to and I kind of get behind because there are so many that I try and keep up with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I like Roman Mars a lot and uh, I like, I like the, every the, time the I hear his name, matter. I think
0: it's actually Bruno Mars behind. The <laughs> <laughs> like be funny. the Bruno. Bruno Mars doing a podcast. <laughs> what does that guy look like? What's his name? Roman Mars, Roman Mars. <clears throat>
2: I
1: want to see what um, he looks like.
0: Oh yeah. He's just, he's just some white guy with a beard. He's just normal looking guy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah.
1: That's and, funny. And his son Maslow, who often chimes in at the end. Oh, that's funny.
0: Uh, so, so they had an article or uh, an article. They had an episode on the other day, uh, about, uh, Nick Drake.
1: Right. And I've not listened to this yet. Uh, nor am I familiar until you mentioned it with Nick Drake.
0: I think if you listen to a couple of Nick Drake songs, you'd go, oh yeah, that guy. Okay. Uh, he was a a British singer songwriter, late sixties, early seventies, uh, put out like four records, none of which were anything in their lifetimes. Uh, it's the kind of music, you know, in fact, I think there may have been what's what was the weird time travel movie that you were really into last year with Bill Nye and.
1: Oh, uh, 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 oh, phew, now I forgot the name of it. Yeah, uh,
0: I think I think that there may have been a Nick Drake song in that movie. He's you've heard his songs before because they're used a lot of times in soundtracks and stuff. All anyway, right. so he Wait, sold like now I have to look it up. Now you got to look it up. All right. What is it? Uh, about was it just called about time? Could it be that easy? Was it about? Yeah, it could yeah, have been about it is time. About, about time. time. Okay.
1: Yeah, with Richard uh, McAdams.
0: Yeah. yeah, who who was not casted well, but every everybody else was pretty good in that. Um. So anyway, Nick Drake uh, in his time was 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 not very popular, right? And his music sound it became popular later he had a small set of fans he died very young i think 26 years old or something like that he killed he overdosed overdose of drugs okay and uh and he 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 was not big in his lifetime but there was a small set of fans who used to start going to his house where he lived with his parents and his parents started letting them in and letting them tape uh, copies of his work onto tapes and those tapes got passed around and copied and Wait, tape so, copies from what? Uh, from... I guess he, they had original copies of the stuff and they would let people copy cassettes or I don't know what it was. Huh, weird. Um, yeah, it was a little weird, but apparently like his, his parents sort of embraced the fact that people loved him even after his death and, and how
1: did
0: he die? Uh, he was on some psychiatric antidepressant, old old school antidepressants, and he overdosed on them. So they don't know whether it was suicide or accidental. Oh, yikes! <clears throat> but he had he had serious mental problems, <clears throat> which if you listen to his music, you can kind of understand. Um. Anyway, the point of this was is that in the in the podcast, um, <clears throat> sorry, I have a thing in my throat. They were saying uh, that that because his music wasn't popular in the time that it was created in the early seventies, mm-hmm. that it never was imprinted with the early seventies because, because people then didn't know it very well. Uh, it wasn't very popular. It had a sound that was sort of out of time. If you really kind of listen to it, it's you can't really peg exactly when it was made. Could have been okay. made in the early eighties or the late eighties, really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it was made in the early '70s, and because it wasn't popular then, it 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 sort of it it sits outside of time because it was never popular in the time that it was created, and therefore it's more timeless than had it been really popular and been in movies of the period, where you now remember people running around with flower patterned dresses on, sure, sure, with with, with Nick Drake playing in the background, and I just thought that was a really interesting idea—the idea that. The, the the popularity of a particular art at a particular time sort of sticks it to that time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in a way that something that maybe wasn't popular right when it was made has uh, some, some
1: elasticity mm-hmm. to, to, to where it's grounded. Do, do you think that's a similar kind of phenomenon that we see with, um, photographers like Fred Herzog or even Vivian Meyer where where the stuff wasn't popular when it was made. Yeah. It was found kind of sort of discovered, if you will, years later. Right. And I, well,
0: <clears throat> sorry, something in my thing. Uh, I, I, I think that, yes, I think it's true. I think it's harder with photography in the sense that because it's a visual medium, you have telltale signs of when it was made. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a bunch of guys wearing bowler hats, you know it wasn't made in 1988. You know, uh, but at the same time, I think that that is true. I mean, I think that I think it, you're right. Your Fred Herzog or your you know your typical stuff that 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 uh, that we talk about, sort of the '50s uh, lighter kind of thing. It 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 does feel timeless in a way, almost more so than if it had been the pictures that Time or Life Magazine had on their cover at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, because they weren't
1: discovered until later.
0: I don't know. I just think it's a really interesting thing, in in a way so that dif- almost
1: different than somebody like maybe Kappa, whose work was kind of everywhere. Exactly. In the okay. Exactly. And
0: I wonder if there isn't sort of a time capsule effect to mm-hmm. all of this, uh to where uh art, photography, music ca- can actually be appreciated better if it's sort of put in a box for a little while and then looked at later.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Right. I don't know. Yeah, Does not looking at it right away. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know. Like, I wonder if there's a,
0: there's, is room for experimentation on, 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 on not showing art now, but instead putting it in a box for five years or something,
1: you know, like an art. I wonder even a year, if you, if you shot for a year, but never looked at, never looked at anything, don't even chimp. Yep. You know, don't look at it until the following year.
0: That sounded like a, uh, scene out of, um, spinal tap,
1: you know, you know, it's, it's interesting. It sounds like something like Matheson would do as an experiment.
0: <laughs> well, well, we should have Matheson do it. Yeah. <clears throat> I just, you know, I mean, Van Gogh wasn't big in his lifetime, you know, uh, uh, um, Pollock wasn't, I mean, huge, you know, he became more of a thing after he died than while he was alive in many ways, you know?
1: Well, yeah, most of those guys <laughs> yeah. weren't, you know, real big during their. I mean, I think maybe it's strange De that, was the biggest one. Yeah, De Kooning and
0: Rauschenberg got old. Picasso was famous in his lifetime.
1: You know? Yeah, that's true, true, true. Um,
0: But uh, But uh, but it, it's it's interesting, I don't know, it was just an interesting idea to me. And it was also interesting seeing a guy, I mean, all these people who, Make what they make and die so young.
1: Mm-hmm. 26 years old. Right.
0: You know, you know how much we knew when we were 26? Nothing. I knew nothing yeah. when I was 26.
1: Well, and, I mean, look at other... Uh, Hendrix was young. <laughs> Joplin was young. Yeah, they were all, what, 28? Morrison was young.
0: Yeah. Didn't... Uh, what's his name die when he was 28 too? Nirvana guy?
1: Uh, Cobain, yeah. Cobain. Yeah, he was young.
0: God, 28 years old. Now, these people knew nothing. Somebody else died recently really young at 28, didn't they? Who died young recently? I don't know. I thought there was somebody else and I remember seeing that it was 28 and I was like, "Wow, really? Going going for the same uh, thing there." Hmm, I don't know. Anyway, interesting stuff. Uh hey, did you read this Lauren Shin email? I did. Uh oh, you guys, one to more say? thing. Yeah, just sure. one
1: more thing. Uh if if you'd like to check out 99% Invisible, it's a it's a terrific show and it's uh uh you know, just look for it on iTunes. It's a, it's a fun show and, and they're bite sized. They're, you know, 20 minutes long.
0: Yeah, they are really good. I, <clears throat> I had never, I hadn't watched much of it, uh, until recently, uh, listen and,
1: to it. You mean? Yes. I'm
0: sorry. You're right. Uh, it, until recently. And, and, and I've, I've listened to, I think 20 of them in the last four days. Cause you know, yeah, they're, they're all f- like 15 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you want to, you want to talk about this email?
1: Sure. Lauren sure. Shin. Lauren Shin, uh, listener to the show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listener of the um, show. Earlier this week, I was listening to an entrepreneur podcast called Strategic Entrepreneur, which I have never heard of this. So thank you, Lauren. This is one I'll, I'll add to my list. Uh, the podcast is definitely not designed for creative entrepreneurs, but it does raise some questions for me as I try to balance business and art. This particular episode focused on how important it is to develop systems within your organization, so that if when you are replaced, the business can live on long after you're gone. Interesting. Uh, this got me thinking about artists who also run businesses. What about when the brand or work is you—painters, musicians, photographers, etc.? Can you really train someone to be you? Uh, made me think of your discussions of Saul Leiter and his assistant keeping his legacy slash body of work alive after his death, although there's no one else creating more quote Saul Leiter unquote works. Uh, My husband brought up cartoonists maybe not as clear of an art form, but it does give an interesting insight to the art business overlap. He noted how people have been trained to reproduce peanuts as Charles M. Schultz would have. As a result, the cartoon continues to be created after his death. Perhaps This was uh, at the expense of.
0: Schultz's.
1: uh, Yeah, of Schultz's own creative freedom in exchange for the enterprise to continue, et cetera. Okay. Uh, In contrast, when Bill Watterson was done with Calvin and Hobbes, the cartoon simply stopped. But Bill had the freedom to do with it what he wanted without being confined to a particular established system on how to create his comics. Well, other than Calvin being usurped for all sorts of weird stickers for the backs of cars.
0: Yeah. Did he. Are, th- are those officially licensed?
1: No, no. That's and, just and random people doing it. It, it. He was never a fan and, and didn't like it at all. Right, right. You know, yeah. he didn't want Calvin peeing on Ford or praying right. or whatever. <coughs> uh, I peeing don't on that Chevy, however, it's fine. Yeah, but that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Uh, I don't believe that there's a right choice here as an artist. I suppose it just depends on which you value more, art and creative freedom or revenue and continued business. At the moment, I feel like I'm having to make this decision over and over again as I try to move my own business and art forward. Yeah, that's um, that's really interesting. C- um, can I
0: tell an anecdote?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh,
0: back when I... I don't know, I, Bill.
1: Can you?
0: <laughs> May I? Uh, yeah. When I was a little kid, maybe, um, I don't know, let's say eight years old, <clears throat> my parents went out to dinner one night and we uh, uh, were out to dinner at some restaurant near our house or whatever it is okay. uh, struck up. My father being my father struck a conversation with this older couple that was sitting next to them. They ended up joining them and they ended up going back to this couple's house for like a nightcap. Okay. And it turned out that the guy was the guy who drew Popeye. Okay. And all around the house was Popeye stuff. Popeye. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Popeye, uh uh dollhouses that the wife had collected over the years and all this kind of stuff and wow. the guy actually sketched out two like three panel strips for my sister and I and dedicated them to us Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and they were up on the wall for me when I was a kid. Now, of course, this guy, I'm sure this was in the 80s, early 80s. This guy was an old guy. I'm sure he's dead. But I'm sure somebody else is doing Popeye, right? Because Popeye was bigger than this one guy. In sure. fact, he might not have even been the first guy who did Popeye. He was probably the guy who did the Popeye from the 50s to the 80s or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I tend to have a lot of respect for people like Watterson who say, you know what? No, it's done. Just shut it down. Right. Or the people like up until very recently, I had the one thing that I really had a lot of respect for Neil Gaiman was, is that he finished Sandman and it was done and he moved Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Apparently now he's resurrecting Sandman, which is just like, no, just leave it alone. Let it be dead. Let something be finished. Is Dave McKeon going to be doing the art again? I do not know. Mm. Um... But, 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 but it's, I feel like there is, it's like in the UK, you know, they did whatever, two seasons of The Office, and in America, we had to do nine of them, or whatever it right, before right. it was done. It's like, people can never let a good thing die anymore. Uh, I personally am fine with that, you know? Now, of course, when it comes to big companies, you know, if you are, if you're, you know, Apple, to use the classic example, you know, Apple started their... Apple University or whatever it is internally right so that when new people came in they could learn what the Apple mindset and zeitgeist
1: is all about and how to bring sure. Apple in the future right and in those but that seems to be more of a management or productivity style not not necessarily on the creative side.
0: Well, it certainly has some level of creative expectations, right? Sort of the, the, it's gotta be great. It's gotta be perfect before it goes out sure, the door. Sure. Sure, sure. All that jazz, you know, but
1: it seems to be more of kind of an ethos rather than, uh, an illustration style. Oh yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Absol- you know absolutely. I mean? Yep. 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 Um,
0: so, but, uh, so I guess my, my answer to Lauren, my opinion is that I, I don't know, I guess that does apply to creative endeavors. If I think in those situations, you're putting far more emphasis on the business side of things than the creative side of things. You know, you're sure. trying to create Disney that's going to be around for a long time, right? Not just trying to make great characters. You're With trying the to create a dynamic that's going to be different, though. Yeah, but I think I guess there are there are uh, design companies or ad firms that were started by a handful of people. And then those people either weaned themselves off as new people came up and it was able to extend into the future somewhat indefinitely because the the style of the world around them was changing in a way that as the one guy who was famous and popular sort of weaned down, somebody else was weaning up and maybe the next big gig they had was done by another guy and the first guy had a little bit of say in it, you know, commented on it, whatever it is. But by Mm -hmm. the time... You see what I'm saying? By the time the, the first guy was gone, it was already safely in the hands of the second guy. You know,
1: right? Right. Um, but, uh, but I, I wonder. <clears throat> I mean, because you can you can tell when things change, can't you? I I tend to think so. Yeah. You know, you look at the animation using your Disney example. Using, you know, look at the animation of the nine old men versus the way those same or similar characters are drawn now. They're they're very different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a subtlety there, there. There was there was a finesse that that each animator brought to those characters. Do you think that? Mm, do you think that this should be a goal? What for, uh, ex- for
0: extending beyond your death, your your look and feel
1: of your I work? I don't think so, personally.
0: Yeah, it se- it kind of seems like it, it's missing the point. Kind of, I don't know. God, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I will tell you when I first read this, I was thinking, yeah, that sounds like something. That sounds like something a business person would say. Right.
1: Well, it's it's you know it. It feels to me like sort of the, the posthumous album releases. You know, yep, yep. how many how many like Tupac Shakur records did they find right. after he died? Well, yeah. maybe he wanted that stuff out. Maybe he didn't. But he wasn't there to mix it, to engineer it, to yep. put the finishing touches on it. Same with Michael Jackson, same with, you know, all of these sort of things that just reek of, of money. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Apparently a lot of those re-releases, like all of those releases of Dylan live tracks and all that kind of stuff, all those box sets mm-hmm. uh, had to do with some quirk in the copyright law that said that if you didn't release certain things by a certain time, Uh, the copyright was shorter or something like that. There was some quirk in the copyright Mm. law. So uh, a lot of that stuff was released only to protect it longer copyright wise.
1: But Dylan is still alive to either comment on it or have a hand in it, you know, et cetera. My guess
0: is
2: he's like, I don't care. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't care. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Release whatever you want. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> uh, it, but I yeah, man, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I guess um I don't see I don't see myself as a brand. I don't see Picasso has as being a brand. I see it as a guy making stuff, you know? And I right, feel like but, at but, the point at which it becomes a brand then, then too
1: many guys with MBAs have taken over. But you wouldn't buy, you know, a new Picasso painted by someone, no. you know, just yeah. it, look, it's in the style of Picasso.
0: Cause that's yeah. not the way art works. Right. And I think that maybe this is one of those examples of where business people don't really understand how, how something, how the business that they're trying to take over works, you know,
1: mm. it's like, you
0: can't just do that. No, make it look like that thing. Well, no, that's then it's it's still not that thing. It, it's somebody else's thing,
1: right? Um, it, it might be great on its own, mm-hmm. but it's not. To use your example, the thing.
0: Yeah, I I I I tend to feel as if um, art and creativity are personal things, which it, it is fine that they die with their creators. mm Hmm. You know, it's like, there's no more of this that gets made and that's okay because there's a ton of other people who are making more stuff,
1: you know, we don't need to. And and doesn't that add to the inherent value that, that there's no more, that this this is a finite resource. I also don't think that, you know, even
0: if, even if you take the example that we were talking about last week of the, not Moret, what was her name? Lighter's assistant. Magritte. Magritte. Uh, even if you take her and you say, oh, well now she's the CEO of the foundation or whatever it is, it's okay. It's, but that's still not a continuation of him. No. You know, that's some weird quasi commercial thing meant to keep him in the mind's eyes so they could sell more prints probably, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. that has nothing that has nothing to do with Saul Leiter's art in my mind. Um, so, so uh, I would say, yes, I guess it could be done. I could teach somebody to shoot the way I shoot, I guess, if I really wanted to. And if they were with me for 10 or 15 years, could they actually do it the way I do at the end? But then you see people like um, uh, 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 Heisler, who studied under uh, Newman for years, mm-hmm. assisted Newman for years. But his work looks nothing like Newman's work. Right. You know, So th- there are plenty of examples like that, and, and, and as it should be. I don't want to see Heisler's work looking exactly like Newman's work. Right. You know, that's that that would be a waste because Heisler's a really talented guy. who should do his own thing, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. You have any other thoughts? <laughs> no. What? Why are you laughing at me?
1: Uh, just funny. On so many of these things, you, you end up with,
0: yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, I mean, the problem is there are no answers to a lot of these, right? These mm-hmm. are... These are these strange sort of, well, you know, you could go one way, you could go the other. Okay, no, I'll make a, I'll take a stand. Businesses, artistic businesses should not extend beyond the lifetime of their creators. Fair enough. There we go. We took a stand.
1: There you go. Look at you.
0: <sighs> I do like Disney World, though. You like Disney World?
1: Never been. Oh, you've been to Disneyland, though, right? I've been. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but even that, I liked. I liked older Disneyland.
0: Hey, did you see? Uh, not for nothing, and 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 I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna throw this in the show, sort of at the last thing. Did you see? Uh, you know, the Taylor Negron died uh, the other day. I did
1: see that. Um, yeah. it, in fact, uh, I found out through Patrick, who yeah. was very good friends with Taylor. Yeah, I sent Patrick a note about it. They've been friends for years.
0: Yeah, and but um, there was an article that God, I, I wish I had here. Uh, I will find it and put it in the show notes where uh, he wrote uh, a few days ago. He Is wrote the,
1: the alternate Everyman article. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read that? I, I did. It I was, loved
0: it. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to put that in the show notes. Uh, it's about, so is it, Taylor Negron, for those of you who don't know, is a character actor who you've seen in probably a dozen movies. No matter what movies you've seen, you've probably seen him around. You're mm-hmm. going to look at him and go, oh, yeah, that guy. Um, I always remember him from Punchline. I don't know. I have a weird thing for Punchline. That's a strange movie. Um, uh, that's the
1: – the, the-
0: <clears throat> Sally Field. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the stand-up comedy one. Uh, he's one of the other comics that sort of fight. So uh, Taylor uh, died of, I guess, cancer mm-hmm. uh, uh, a few days ago, and he wrote uh, f- for, for uh, a, a website a little article about what it was like to be him. And he said, look, I was I was never actually famous. I was fame ish. You know, he's like people would recognize me. I, they would say, hey, where do I know you from? Weren't you on this thing? And I'd say, yeah, I was on this episode about whatever, or, you know, I was in that movie and I used, to, I would tailor my answer to the age of the person. Cause this guy might know me from fast times. This guy might know me from punchline. This guy would know me from whatever. Right. Um, and I just thought it was a really, first of all, it was really well written and interesting and, and sad considering what has happened in the past week. Mm-hmm. But I also thought it was a really great, <sighs> Not everyone who makes stuff, not every artist, as we talk about on this show, needs to be Picasso. Sure. And it seemed as if he was perfectly happy, as he says, uh, where it was was something along the lines of, you know, I I, I was never the, the guy that the girl was trying to get. I was the guy who helped the girl get the guy. Right. You know, like I was always the second fiddle. But that was okay because he had a career doing this and he seemed to be quite content with, with that role in life and in movies. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just thought it was a really, uh, great showing, uh, in, an artist who was not super famous, but at the same time was not just completely selling out and doing whatever he had to do to make rent. You know, he was somewhere in the middle,
1: you know? Right. Uh, and, and seemed to really enjoy his life. Yeah. Um, Patrick spoke very highly of him. I I met him one time in Pasadena and kind of a random thing. But, you know, Patrick did fast times with him and got to know him uh, very well. In fact, he's got two.
0: Yeah. Paintings that Taylor did.
1: Three. Yeah. Portraits that Taylor painted of him. And my friend Jude knows him as well, so that's kind. Of, it's kind of weird that I have oh, so two was, different <clears throat> friends who don't know each other that have Taylor in common.
0: Yeah. So I just I'm going to put a link in the show notes. It's called uh, "A Last Gift from the Genius Mind of Taylor Negron: Reflections on a Life Spent Playing Every Man." Yeah. Which uh, is really good, and you should read it if you can.
1: Uh, also, if uh, <clears throat> another Taylor story, if uh, if you've never heard of a, a podcast called The Moth, uh, it's a podcast of storytelling. Uh, Taylor did a story for their holiday uh, show that was hilarious. Uh, he had it's just he got a monkey as a kid, and there's this. I'm sorry, story he had that, an
0: actual monkey as a child.
1: Yes, yes. There was like this circus, and they were throwing away this monkey or whatever he, he says. And okay, that's really and, weird. Yeah, and it came with the cage, so his parents were like, "Okay, well, you know, what harm could it be? It's got a cage." So. The story ends up with with his cousin Chuck Negron, the singer for uh, 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 Three Dog Night, right? And uh, Jim Morrison in his living room dancing (sighs) with the monkey, with the monkey juggling, and it's it's a hysterical story. So it's (laughs) yeah, it's really funny.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I just I I like that kind of thing. I do too. Um, And I always liked him, although he seemed like a very strange looking man. He just had this uh, like way about him, you know, very distinctive.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Striking.
0: Uh anyway, um so very sad to see Taylor uh leave. Um All right, where should we go from here? I guess
1: we should take a break. And thank a sponsor. Thank a sponsor. Pick you know a what? sponsor, thank a sponsor.
0: Uh I think we're going to thank spin the wheel, Johnny. <laughs> 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 Tick. <laughs> tick. We're going to thank lynda.com. <laughs> Linda! Yeah. Uh, Kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with a free 10 day trial at lynda.com. lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world and has over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop so you can build your website and keep track of money you make and edit your pictures. Not respectively.
1: That's that's a that's a tall order, Linda. Hey,
0: being being a business being a a businessman artist in this world takes a lot of work, Jeffrey. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, an art magnate,
1: as they say.
0: (laughs) All of their courses are taught by experts, and new courses are added out to the site every week. Whether you want to set financial goals, find work life balance, invest in a new hobby, ask your boss for a raise. Well, that's I should I should go watch that one. I got to talk to myself. Find a new job or improve <laughs> like upon you your <laughs> improve upon your current job skills in 2015. Lynda.com has something for everyone. Now, look, they, you sign up for your free 10 day trial today by visiting lynda.com/otp, and you're going to get unlimited access to every course on lynda.com for 10 days. Jeffrey, done. Yep, no questions asked. None. Let's go do it. None. Not what? I, well, they may ask you for like you know contact information, but that's it. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Uh you get unlimited access to every course for from on Lynda.com. So if you got nothing going on for the next ten days, sign up and binge watch Linda. Put down Mad Men and what's is that coming what, up?
1: That's is that what people are doing? Mad Men? Is that I, still a thing? I
0: binge watched Ed over the last four days. Right. And uh, and you get you have access to tutorials on tablets, your iPhone, your Android mobile device, uh, and you get access to the new courses added during the time of the ten day trial. So you 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 get all of it, right? And some of the so look, we're uh, Linda came out and suggested a few courses and videos for you: Foundations of Photography, Exposure, and Composition. Good, very useful. The Practicing Photographer, and and Good. my personal favorite. The traveling photographer series with who? David Hobby. You who know who is he is. Everywhere I know he Astrobus. is everywhere. Man, that guy's made a good little gig with the whole small flat, small light thing. Yeah, uh, S- I small flash, big <clears throat> life. Is, is that 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 should be his tagline? Right. You're if welcome, not, David. Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. You'll be getting an invoice in the mail once I figure out where you live. Um, so, so you got to go try it out. They've got great stuff on Photoshop. They got great stuff on Lightroom. You want to learn how to retouch a composite and blah 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 blah. It's all there on lynda.com. You can do it. So go check them out. Do something good for yourself in 2015. Sign up for a free 10 day trial at lynda.com by visiting lynda.com/l y n d a dot com slash otp. And uh, go ahead and challenge yourself to learn something new in 2015. Uh, I know that uh, I am going to learn a lot in 2015. So so should you. Thank you very Learning's much for fun. Linda. What learning, learning is, is fun? Yeah, and uh, learning is what's what's the original thing? Learning is possibilities. Learning is isn't there some 70s sort of uh, Sesame Street saying? I'm not sure. Learning is fundamental. Ah, okay. Isn't that a, isn't that a thing?
1: I if not it should be.
0: <clears throat> yeah, well. I think it was I think it was a thing. I'm going to I'm going to put it out there and say that it may have been a thing. Uh all right, so what do we got here? We have Let me close that. We have a bunch of news
1: stories. Uh you want to start with this one? Okay. It, not not really a news story, but um if if you uh if you know anything about 80s music, Chances are you've heard the psychedelic furs, yeah, right. Love my way. That was their. That was a, a big a big song for them.
0: Could this guy be any cooler?
1: Uh, yeah. So lead singer Richard Butler. Um, there's a, a terrific uh, little short film on Imagista.com. Yep. Uh, an interview with with Richard, who is a painter and always has been a painter since he was young. Uh, he says in the film that that he like so many other young British teenagers started a band uh, and his band just happened to take off. So he kind of was taken away from painting, uh, but he's come full circle and he's come back to painting. And I just, I, I think it's a, a fascinating look at, at why he does it and what he gets out of it. Um, it it's, it's, a it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe resonating to this a little more than usual because I'm starting to paint more and I'm trying to paint different things and trying to really find where my voice is. Um, but one of the things that, that he says in this is – and I, I, wrote, I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget – when a painting feels right, you stand back and you wonder why it feels right and you start to recognize certain truths about yourself because when you get a set of uh, – a series of half a dozen paintings or so that all feel right – you 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 start to feel that wow there's a half a dozen snapshots and why are they similar and you start to recognize things about yourself and I just found that really interesting that that how I wonder how many of us as as amateur or even pro photographers look at your work as an extension of yourself or as a part of you or what it says about you uh, rather than being sort of preoccupied with finding a style and getting it out there and getting likes and getting clicks and, and all this other thing.
0: Yeah. Like um, turn it more introvertedly.
1: Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I think that it happens. Well, you know, I don't know. Cause you know, there's people who go up on, spend a lot of times by themselves shooting landscapes and that kind of stuff. And a lot of them are doing it in a very introspective way. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it, he was saying that, you know, being on tour, with a band and getting applause every three minutes is very different than, uh, sitting in your house in beacon, New York painting. Right. Um, uh, which, you know, it's sometimes I think we forget how different, uh, certain, uh, um, different artistic media are, you know, mm-hmm. different uh,
1: creative endeavors. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: you know, for 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 the person who's writing a book, I mean, they're maybe sitting there with their MacBook in a cafe or at their house or whatever it is, but mostly it's probably just them. You mm-hmm. know, or a guy painting, it's probably just them. You know, for for me a lot of my stuff it has to involve at least one other person, you right. know. For for somebody who's an actor on stage, like they're in front of people all the time and it's a very uh time-based pursuit you know yeah uh, you know would, so there's mm. there's different uh, d- dimensions to all of this you know maybe he's drawn to it in some ways because it's so different than what he did sure you know and he also seems to have i'm assuming <clears throat> the economic freedom in order to sit in his house and paint which is also really kind of interesting sure he's sure. like an older guy who was successful and now he can just sort of Chillax and, and be him, you know.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Man, he's cool. He kind of reminds me of Bill Nye. Like if there was ever Bill, a movie yeah. of Richard Butler, he should be played by Bill Nye.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder not not to start a film digital thing because that's not where I'm going with it. But I wonder, <clears throat> is there something <clears throat> inherently more focused about working in a dark room than doing post? Digitally, in Photoshop or Lightroom or whatever uh, just because the, in, in the dark room, there were no distractions. you're in a dark room with you know you're enlarger in front of you, and, yeah. and that's all that you have to focus on. Is yeah. there something to that um, in terms of process that that we may have lost uh could
0: be yeah. I, yeah, you know, um,
1: I mean, because you, you get notifications, you can check right, your yeah, email, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah.
0: I've considered setting up stuff where like, I don't, I don't look at Facebook during the day anymore. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sort of limiting myself, the, the distractions. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it could be, you know, I, mean, but, I wonder if
1: there, if you could set but up a lot of
0: photographers back in the day, never, you could set like a digital thing where you
1: shut down your network and whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Right you know, or, or the machine is, is locked down know, from this time to that time. Right, 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 right.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could do that. I mean, then that said a lot of, there were plenty of photographers over the years in the film days who never did any of their own lab work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So true, we're, true, you true. know, we're, we're sort of, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. This guy was really good. We should uh, go. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, uh, so go check it out. This movie, he, yeah, His Majesty of Modesty. Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's cute. And that's that's the other thing is here's this guy who, you know, for a while, maybe not now, but for a while was very popular. Yep. And the guy just seems so humble and and introspective. Yeah. Yeah. And he could have been a complete jerk when he was in his twenties,
0: but now he's old enough to maybe, maybe see yeah. it from a different perspective. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I've never, um, I've never met the
1: man. But. Uses uh, uses his daughter for, uh, according to him, about 90% of his paintings as the inspiration for his paintings. And what's what's really wonderful about it is his daughter looks so different from painting to painting. Yeah, his, his, his sort of portrayal of her changes so much uh, from he, painting he to painting. You can abstract fantastic. it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really fantastic. Do you so, think, let
0: me ask you a question. Do you think yep. as somebody who is a painter... Uh,
1: <laughs> Let's say somebody who paints.
0: Okay, somebody who paints... Is his work good enough to be noticed without the fact that he is uh, a famous musician?
1: Look, I'm, I am no critic, but I love his work. I really okay. click with his work and it, to the point where I, I've got a draft of an email that I want to send him and say, Hey, look, I, I probably can't afford your work, but you know, if there's anything of mine that you would like to trade for, you know, I would love to trade paintings with you. You say you wrote him. Yeah, I haven't sent it yet, but oh, I have got a draft it. Sitting. Yeah, you know, you
0: should do that. Uh, yeah, I was, I always wonder that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, if he was just some fifty-something-year-old guy who started painting and didn't have the history behind him in some other field, you know, and the I connections think his work and everything. Is really good. Yeah, you yeah. know,
1: I, I, I really like it. I, I, I think it's, it's evocative. I think that when you, when you listen to him speak about it. It's not shtick. It's not you know. I'm a rock star who's trying to paint, and in fact, he qualifies it, saying I'm I'm a painter who sings. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I love that he refers to himself as a painter, not an artist. Right. Yeah. Right. Is it,
0: Do you think that? Uh... Yeah, but you you like making that distinction.
1: I do. Yeah. I do. It, I,
0: I just think it speaks to well, he could but he could also mean it in the sense that I'm not an artist because I don't do all kinds of art all I do is paint so I'm a painter Maybe, yeah you know so th- uh, I mean there's different ways to look at that that aren't necessarily uh, uh, self conscious or
1: sure 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 you know uh, he just he seems to be as fascinated. By the, 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 the sort of mystery of the process, as I am. He's ta- he talks about moving paint around and what a uh, sort of mystical process that is and, and what he gets from it. And I, I just find that really refreshing. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll put that in the show notes. Go check it out. Uh, yep. What else we got here? What about these poster people? I think this is terrific it It seems very similar to it, it's it's another twist on the um twenty by twenty twenty right. by two hundred or
1: whatever it is right twenty by two hundred right yeah. so basically uh, uh this group called the posters uh they they are producing uh limited run fine art prints for what is it fifty five dollars and a portion of that goes to to uh charity okay yeah like Ten percent or something, yeah. Which I think is great. I mean, I'm I'm doing the same thing with with my right. paintings.
0: I wonder how uh, they uh, how they're getting um, people to sign up. Because this sign guy up. to to allow them to
1: use their their work oh. for the posters. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure he, they're he, getting
0: that guy runs cut. a he runs a. Uh, yeah, 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 but I mean, but selling them for fifty five dollars, unless you sell a lot of them, you're not going to get big that big of a cut. You know what I mean? Like there must be mm-hmm. another angle. Uh, I wonder if um, the the guy, so the guy, the main guy who's who's running it uh, is has a gallery himself. So this is a uh, an angle for him,
1: Adrian um, Rosenfeld.
0: Yeah, there you go. The, the former director of the Matthew Marks Gallery. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Uh, I, I think it's great. I don't, you know. Th- they, they make an interesting point in this article that begins, as the contemporary art market continues to break records, topping $2 billion between July 2013 and July 2014, it may seem like the only people who can afford to buy art anymore are Russian oligarchs, hedge fund brokers, or tech millionaires. That's kind of true, right? Yeah, because yeah. people aren't buying art because – let me back up many people are not buying art because they love the art. They're buying it for the investment of it. And that's kind of a bummer. You know, there's a part of me that still wants art to be purchased because you love it, not because it may or may not go up in value.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, And, and I think that people will buy these because they love them, I guess, you know,
1: Uh, it's, it's, um, that being said, my paintings are sure to go up in value. So get them now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, I i look i look at this and i it, somehow whenever i see this kind of stuff and while i'm all for people spreading art around i'm all for people keeping the price low <clears throat> often i look at this stuff and it feels like it's another business person trying to start a business uh, d- d- where where they talk about how it's not for profit and they're giving stuff away and they're doing for the people but really it just comes down to them building a business to make money for themselves
1: Well, number one, I don't think they're saying that it's not for profit.
0: No, I – yeah. Well, I mean, you know, oh, we're going to give some of the money away and they're going to be pretty cheap and we're not limiting this. It's like they're trying to come up with an artistic sounding shtick that sounds very hippie-ish but in reality is just another business like any other.
1: Well, I don't – see, I don't get that at all. I don't understand why it has to be hippie-ish to to get art into the hands of people who work a nine-to-five job, not – you know.
0: I think that it, what it feels like to me, and all these things kind of feel like this, is that they're trying to use people's, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, 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 softness for the artist in order to make money for them. You know, that like, oh man, I want to buy more art from artists. Well, you should just buy it from the artist instead of buying it through a thing that is making money for
1: some gallery guy. You know. Yeah, but that's that, that's assuming <laughs> that you can make these things happen. Maybe, you know, th- this o- Owen Schmidt, uh, one of the prints in this set is yep. Moonburn. Okay. Well, you know, maybe Owen can't get the deal on printing to make them affordable, but these people, because they've, you know, signed a deal with a printer that that says we're going to do X number of editions over the course of the year, so we're going to get these at Y price – you know, who knows what's involved yeah, in it? I, I guess you so. You know, I, I, I don't – I don't know. I, I, I think I, it's a cool I always, idea.
0: I think it's a cool idea, but I always feel like these things, just like uh, 20 by 200, end up profiting people who aren't the artists far more than they profit the artists,
1: you know? Well, I, you know, without knowing the deal <laughs> behind the scenes, that seems like a an assumption.
0: Yeah, I know. I just I, it's – it is from – past experience of seeing these things in the long run, you know, mm-hmm. you know, anytime people are just like uh, the main thing on the thing is like, we're here trying to every 10% of every purchase goes support art education and blah, 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 blah. It's like you're selling that so hard that it feels like you're covering up something else, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Other people can chime in and let me know. There's some nice work on here though. I like the, uh, the, uh, where's the one Wyatt con mm-hmm. untitled one. that looks like like broken glass sort of. Yeah. That one's cool. And I,
1: I think it's kinda neat that they're they're only available for a certain amount of time, of, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You I mean when you've bought stuff off of Shepherd Ferry and that kind of stuff, that uh-huh. stuff sells so fast.
1: It sells in minutes. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And he sells out every edition that he puts out. Now he used to put out stuff every Tuesday and he's slowed he he's slowed down quite a bit. But um, yeah, it's he really needs a new website though, that guy shepherd yeah his commerce site it's has terrible. never worked well it's ever. like you know what
0: spend one week's worth of profits to, to build yeah. a better pay hey, somebody you know? to build a better thing. yeah put it on
1: squarespace you know yeah like, something <laughs>
0: uh all right uh what else we got here so have you read about this resnick this lawsuit about from this photographer
1: i i watched <clears> the video and i and i read a little bit i skimmed over the article okay um so, so the, go ahead and explain it. Okay, what? So <laughs>
0: this guy uh, is a stock photographer, hired, paid this model to take sort of, uh, you know, pictures of her in her underwear, essentially, to go right. on stock. Um, she signed a release. She whatever it is. He said, look, you know, the stock agency has limits of who can buy it. It can't be used for pornographic use. It can't be whatever it is. So, you know, this is all legit. She agreed. Whatever. He puts it up there, and somehow uh, somebody took the images and used them for uh, the cover of some porno book or sex video or something like that.
1: Uh, many It seems that many of her pictures ended up on erotic book covers, yep. escort ads, and strip club ads. Yeah.
0: This guy says, I had nothing to do with that, that those images are stolen.
1: But and- stolen from <clears throat> whom? Stolen from him or stolen from – the this is what's kind the of stock unclear. agency or stolen from her facebook page
0: there's lots of questions
1: about it well
0: no matter where the actual files came from they're still stolen because they weren't paid for
1: to use them right can we agree on that uh, if that's the case yeah okay. now if 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 they were purchased from shutterstock and used inappropriately right again that's that's a different that's a different kind of thing okay but uh, it, it but also
0: seem. not within his control absolutely okay right. sure so So she is suing him for upwards of a hundred thousand dollars or $500,000, half a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, because these pictures were used, uh, by all these different uh, people. She's saying that he is somehow liable for this because he's the one who took the pictures and said they wouldn't be used for pornographic stuff. This is a terrifying thing. Um, Mostly because, like, you know, you get a, for example, there's a picture that I took a few years ago of this guy <clears throat> bending over backwards. Uh, it looked like a matrixy kind of thing. The guy was like bending Just backwards. With the teapot? Yeah, with the teapot. Yeah. That picture got picked up by some weird meme. And if you search for I think it's like Matrix Home Edition you'll see a billion of them on on Google Images. Like somebody mm-hmm. took my image, cut out my little tiny watermark I had in the corner, and basically just did their own thing with it. Now, th- that's just some picture of some kid, but what if it was some nude that I'd done or whatever it is, and and, and the, the it's like I have absolutely no control over that image. There's nothing I could do. It's, again, it's probably some 14-year-old kid in, in Bangladesh that did this. To my picture, you know what I sure. mean. It's like, I, wh- how am I supposed to control that? I can't. You know, it's the internet. Um, if the model then came to me and said, you know, you're defamating me because the text they put underneath it is, you know, says something that is against what I'm trying to do for a living or whatever. It's like, I- how am I? You know, I'm going to sue you. That's terrifying because, like, w- what recourse do I have? I can't do anything. You know, right? Um, so it's just this is v- this is a very interesting case, and I think it it has more to say about the the internet you know, than it does almost anything else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I
1: don't know. What do you think? Well, I, you know, a, I'm not an attorney. Uh, B, I don't have all the facts. <clears throat> sure. Uh, yeah. We're, we're but, seeing
0: it from, we're getting two sides. of. The yeah. Screen.
1: We're getting kind of the, the <clears throat> link baity, you know, version yeah. of it. Um, but it, it, you know, if, if it was, if they were purchased from the stock agency, uh, in either case, I don't know how the, the photographer can be held accountable for the theft. I don't understand that part. And maybe there's something that I just don't understand and that's entirely possible, but it, it doesn't seem like if, if he had nothing to do with these photographs getting out into the world,
0: then, it seems
1: odd that he's held accountable for it.
0: Yeah. It's weird, right? It's, it's, it's just, and the scary thing is that even if it has nothing to do with him, it could still cost him ten, twenty thousand $20,000 to, argue that it had nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. You know, how much, how much does this make it just, you know, it's not even worth it. I'm not even going to take those pictures and put them on the stock because God forbid they get out there and somebody sues, you know? Right. It's just, it's, yeah, I, it's, it's very strange. We have a very litigious society. Uh, you ever notice that? yes. In a way that's just crazy to me. Uh, yep. I mean, People I like to sue. I tend, I tend to look at this article and, not side with the photographer, but sympathize with the photographer Mm -hmm. because if he is telling the truth that he did not sell these to anybody else and he's just like, I put them up on stock. What am I supposed to do? I can't control everywhere they get used. You know, if they're breaking a licensing agreement by using them for something, they're not supposed to. Well, how is that my fault? You know, uh, it's like somebody stole my gun and, and held up a liquor store. Well, it's your gun. It's like, I didn't hold up the liquor store. They came and broke and stole my gun and used it for something. Right. You know, that's kind of how it feels. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Joshua Resnick. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, put it in the show notes and, yeah. and you know. This is a Petapixel article, but apparently it links to articles in, in the New York Post and Daily Mail and Fox News and stuff. Of course, a lot of those articles... Talk about it's the model suing after her pictures show up like a, a fear mongering of the other side, mm-hmm. you know, which is is terrifying. Apparently, uh yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> she but was I mean, e-
1: even if they did, I don't know. It's fair. It, is is this is this hype building in on, what the, way? on the on the part of I, I don't know, on the part of the model, on the part is of this, everybody is this yeah, to draw she, attention? Yeah, well, it's getting her a lot
0: of press. Whether or I mean, not th- you know, the thing is that yeah, it gets her a lot of press. But would anyone want to work with the woman who sued everyone?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's
0: um, it's a little little terrifying. But anyway, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we'll put a
1: link in the show notes. to Check it out. Yep. Uh, uh, Ansel Adams Act. What do you think? Yeah, more more uh, litigation regarding photographers uh, introduced on I think it was January second. Yeah. Um, By an outgoing congressman. Right, uh, Steve was it stockman i think it was uh, uh, Representative steve stockman, stockman from texas yeah Republican. uh so basically what 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 the ansel adams act is trying to do is restore freedom to photographers shooting in public places yep uh that you can't be prohibited or detained uh or or your equipment seized if you're photographing in public places yeah and you can't be
0: forced to delete pictures or or what have right. you
1: Now, what do you you think of this? I
0: think all of that is deliciously wonderful. Mm -hmm. The problem is...
1: I I sense a butt coming.
0: (laughs) The problem is, is paragraph B, section 3. Should a federal agency seek to restrict photography of its installations or personnel, it shall obtain a court order that outlines the national security or other reasons for the restriction. Uh, Such court order shall allow restriction of photography when such photography may lead to the endangerment of public safety or national security noting in this act, nothing in this act shall restrict federal agencies from taking lawful steps to ascertain whether or not photography may be consistent of reconnaissance for the purpose of endangerment of public safety or national security or other unlawful activity. Okay. So basically (laughs) it's codifying the ability of the federal government to also lock down photography, any place that they deem national security with scare quotes around it.
1: Um, but, when, but does this, I mean, what do you think? I mean, is well, if, the you're, problem if you're is, walking is that, around with a 400 millimeter lens in the parking lot of the Pentagon, maybe they've got a case.
0: Yeah, the problem is, is that the federal government, when they have things that say, oh, yeah, you can restrict things as long as it's for national security. And that tends to be the bucket that everything is put into Exactly. Oh, suddenly mm-hmm, sure. everything is national security. Suddenly all of Washington, D.C. is national security. Suddenly, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And apparently up until now, there haven't been any laws in the book that sort of uh, uh, explicitly allow the federal government to do this. So in some ways, while codifying the ability for people to shoot whenever they can, wherever they can in public spaces, it's also codifying the other side, which is that the government has the right to shut you down. Mm-hmm. which up until now has not been in there because it's
1: always been considered a First Amendment question. <clears throat> now, what about the language? And again, maybe maybe Preston can weigh in on this. Yeah. Uh, in that same paragraph, it shall obtain a court order that outlines the national security or other right. reasons. But again,
0: okay, hey, Judge, uh, we think it's really dangerous that people have cameras on the mall because you can see the Capitol building and maybe they're setting up for a terrorist attack. So do we have the right to okay. stop anybody on the... F- okay, I you see, you. see what I'm saying.
1: I see what you're saying. Okay,
0: like we we need to we need to protect the president. So you can't have a camera within six blocks of the White House. You know,
1: whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Like it, it, it's uh, there are very few places other than maybe Area 51. You know, or
1: which the, doesn't exist.
0: Boom! 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 Or similar places like that, where it's actually, this is an actual high security thing. Yeah, you're not allowed in the uh, the secure briefing room of the White House with a camera. You know, like, right, I mean, right. those kinds of things I can understand. But how many people have been stopped by building security, even just stupid rent-a-cops, let alone federal agents of, of, right. of whatever sort, to say you can't take pictures outside
1: of this building? I mean, yeah, this stuff I've has never- gone off the roll. I've never been uh, stopped by any sort of federal agent, but in, in downtown LA, I have been approached by the security guards of, of the building property.
0: Right. Isn't uh, the Disney building weird about that? The, the, the,
1: the, the, hall, the concert hall. Yeah. Uh, not to my knowledge. <coughs> okay. I've, I thought it was I've somewhere around there. there a bunch of times and never been approached.
0: <laughs> uh, so it's, but you just, you get these situations where, uh, I don't like the idea of giving the government language that is law to protect themselves okay in the case of stopping people from taking pictures you know why if you want to argue that we could argue that in court somewhere you know uh if, if, if you want to take me to court for first amendment stuff you know but the minute they can pull out a thing that says look it says here that we could do this anytime we want as long as it's national security like never like that but the interesting thing is that a lot of people are holding this up as see look the government's doing something good to allow us to do it but towards the end of the bill is actually stuff that's kind of dangerous towards mm-hmm, photographers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we're going to put a link to both this opinion piece and the actual, uh, language from the bill, uh, in the show notes. And, uh, I was like how they turn it into the, the Ansel Adams bill. See, it's for you photographers, you know, right, right. it's, it's the Patriot Act. Aren't you a Patriot Jeffrey? Yeah, aren't you you know? patriotic? Yeah. Yeah, if you're not if you're not with us, you're against us. It's like, wait a minute, how did <laughs> yeah. that happen?
1: If you see something, say, say
0: something. something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like we're all getting screwed somehow. Yeah. Hey, uh, luckily my selfie stick is now going to ruin selfies. Uh, good. Yeah, there's this article by Oliver Laurent uh, over okay, in, uh, over, in, the, over in Time the- magazine
1: hard hitting folks over at Time magazine <laughs> fair fair enough fair enough oh, uh,
0: that's great, but they were they, but they were saying that in many ways, the whole concept of the selfie involved being just at arm's length, you know that sort of like defined that look, and the minute you have it on a long stick, you might as well have it on a a, 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 a tripod and have it be a, a, a different kind of thing you know
1: or in someone else's hands or
0: in someone else's hands i'll tell that
1: you you've I, spoken to. For a few moments I've, out of your day,
0: I've played. Have you ever felt weird about handing your camera to somebody else? No. Worrying that they're, they're going to run. No. Okay. I, I I I don't either. But then I think, wow, am I being really stupid?
1: I don't think you have to default to stupid. I mean, there's you can be concerned about it. I'm sure it's happened before. Yeah. But yeah. it's just it's not something. Let me ask you I a question. Would,
0: would you think about it more if you were holding a ten thousand dollar Pentax Six Four Five Z? Versus your no. camera? No. no. Either way, it would feel the same.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what's really funny? I, I would probably feel more sort of apprehensive about it just because it seems <clears throat> to, to maybe someone who's not familiar with the camera, it would seem very daunting and, well, what do I do and how yeah, do I yeah, do this? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But the value of it doesn't come into play for me.
0: I, I've also noticed as time goes on that uh, the, the more that I hand a camera to somebody – a lot of them have no idea what to do with it. Hmm. You know, a camera that doesn't have the screen on in the back. You know, a lot of people don't know putting oh, their really? eye up to the, no. Yeah. A lot of They're times. They're so
1: used to just an yep. LCD that they yep. don't use a view. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Which is like, wait, how do I see where the picture is? It going to show up on the back. It's like, no, put huh. your, put your eye in the little hole. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of times. Um, And, and, and in the, in the inverse, I find myself, if I'm out somewhere and somebody asks me to take a picture and they hand me some, you know, Nikon thing from, you know, two years ago or whatever it is, some like little pocket camera, I'll take a picture of the people, but then invariably the flash will be on or whatever it is. And I'll be like, hold on a second, let me take a better one, you know? And trying to figure out how to turn the damn flash off on a lot of cameras, (laughs) you know, I feel like, wait, I do this for a living. I talk about this for a living. Like, how is it that I can't turn the damn flash off? You know, uh, people need, we got to come up with like a standard UI for this stuff. It's way too complex. I don't know. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, but, uh, I have yet to use my selfie stick for anything and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to use it for. You come up with any ideas in the last week? No, I really haven't thought about it. (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah
1: (coughs) i don't take a lot of selfies you no Hmm. no no i I, i'm not a big fan of myself in pictures come on that's no
0: yeah it's it's just weird i don't
1: face for radio
0: (sighs) ah selfie sticks
1: yeah anyway uh what else we got all right so uh last week in the group before and after. Okay. Some really terrific interpretations of what that means. Um, from meals to lighting to, uh, straight out of camera and then post-processed to, I like Bobby uh, tingles one,
0: Uh, the girl screaming and then she's all, Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and again, outside of the assignments, some really terrific work being put up. Uh, David Williams, cool shot at the at the market. Um, uh, Robert, cool shot of the Empire State Building. Yep, yep, yeah. You ever shot? You ever shot the Empire State Building?
0: Uh, I've shot on the Empire State Building. I've shot of the Empire State Building. Yeah, I've taken some pictures of it. Yeah. Um, it's one of those buildings where it's uh, it's really good. Uh, d- nah, yeah it's 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 difficult to, uh, difficult to come up with something new with it cuz it's been shot so much mm-hmm. you know it's one mm-hmm. of those it's kind of like the uh the uh what's the god why am i blanking on the weird like shape? the chrysler building uh that's not what i was going to say but that is also true
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh the flat iron building is the picture oh
1: yeah yeah so. okay okay <laughs> um so yeah jason terrific shot of what is is that a is it a, a dam what is that is it a waterfall let me say somewhere that. in the Pacific Northwest, beautiful sunset shot. Uh, Adrian Hernandez, funny shot. I thought it was Dave Chappelle at first. Um, that character that he played on his, on the Dave Chappelle show, the portrait shoot that he's, he's got. Yeah. 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 Roll yep. down a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm um, sorry. yeah, some really, really good stuff. Phil, uh, snowy dumpsters. Gotta love <laughs> that. Thank you. Um, so yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, never, never ceases to, to amaze me the quality of the work that's going up in the group and, Uh, and the discussion surrounding it.
0: And David Gardner says, this is a picture of his daughter. This beautiful model. This can't be his daughter. I've met this man.
1: (laughs) This is impossible. (laughs) I don't believe it. Not buying it. David. Not buying it. (laughs) You paid her. (laughs) Oh
0: yeah. Your daughter Piper. Sure. Uh huh. Uh -huh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs)
1: So what are they doing for next week? What do you got? That's funny. Does he have daughter in quotes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, David. I'd like to meet up with him again. He was fun. You should. Uh, what's, okay, so uh, this week... Oh, what, is, what else? Uh, Wayne Hatfield. That's a great grill shot. That's like a cool stock shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this week... Um, Nicholas forgot about that one dumpster dumpster love hashtag dumpster love that's great this week uh take a look back and put up your best photo of 2014 what what and I'm not not necessarily best composition you can you can use best loosely but what photo are you most proud of that you took in 2014 whether you've posted it here or not it's okay you can repost um but uh show us show us what you think your best work was for 2014. What do you think of that? Yeah. Okay. That's good. I like it. Yeah? Yep. All right. So, I'm, I'm and then uh, the hashtag is best of 2014. Okay. Pretty easy, right? I think you can remember that. But your photo, not somebody else's photo.
0: Yeah. Your best of
1: the year. Yeah.
0: Okay. Done. I'm going to put one
1: up right now. Are you? Sure. <clears throat> You're going to put one up. So you have more than one best? Aren't nice... Isn't it supposed to be the single best or your favorite or your, you know, what you best again, best is kind of loose. Well, that's, that's the problem.
0: Yeah. Or, or the fun of it, depending on how you look at it. All right. I will do that right now. Uh,
1: All right. So what do we got? You, you chose the photographer of the week this year. I didn't, I didn't choose it actually. (laughs) It came from uh, Mike Sakasagawa after a really terrific uh, Twitter conversation. Mike, I really enjoyed that. So keep them coming. Um, and let's see where Deborah Parkin, Parkin, Deborah Parkin. This is some beautiful work. So, uh, Debra Parkin, a little bit about Deborah. Uh, let's see, where is she from? Um, she's got uh, an MA in Holocaust studies and a BA in English lit. Um, and her stuff is, how would you describe it? Uh, hmm. Well, okay, so
0: she she's she seems to be shooting a lot of f- film like a uh, polaroidy kind of film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I would say
1: I mean is would would this qualify as portraiture?
0: <clears throat> e- yeah, I guess I mean technically uh environmental
1: but, portraiture maybe.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I feel like it is as much about her process and the media as it is the picture. I mean, I think a lot of the pictures are lovely, but
1: Mm -hmm. I think it
0: probably the slowness of it all, uh, especially the, the Clodian ones, the, uh, um, what's it called? Where is it? Gallery Clodian stillness in time of the, of the kids, uh, Mm -hmm. very short depth of field stuff. Very, you know, uh, uh, orthographic. So like certain things, certain colors pop out, you know, really weirdly, uh, yeah. like they do with your eye color and that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, you kind of got a little bit of a, a Sally man thing going on.
1: Uh, yeah, I, considering yeah, I th- it's all pictures of kids, more dreamy for me there. It, it's yeah, it's yeah I more sort now. of, I don't know. I, I really like this work a lot. And uh, apparently, Mike has been a fan of hers for a while. So, Mike, terrific! Uh, thanks for for suggesting this. Um, yeah, I really like this stuff a lot. So, can you tell what kind of camera uh, is this? I well, mean, is this, like is this four, four by, five. by five? Yeah, it looks, like, it looks like four by five. Okay. And is that, is that even still being made anymore? I don't even know.
0: Uh, no, it's not. Well, I guess if they are, uh, some of these look like they're pr- I can't really tell. could be the Polaroid or the, the Fuji peel apart, which you can, like, I still have a couple boxes of in my, mm-hmm. in my thing. Uh, but you know, it, it could be, she just stocked up on them, or it could be that it's all old stuff, you know, old work. Right. Right. Uh, we don't know, I guess. Uh, I mean, at this point, she could be... No, she's not. This is all, like, film, film. This is a weird... It's a weird idea. Like, I still have a couple boxes of that. I still have a few slices of Polar 55 that I need to use. It's a weird thing when you realize that... Imagine being a painter and you know that your favorite paint is no longer going to be made and you have one tube of it left.
1: Right. It's like, what do you paint with it? What do you do? Yeah.
0: And it's going bad all the time. You know, like, it's getting worse as time goes on so right, it's like you got to right. use it before it goes bad it's kind of like burning the candle at both ends you know oh i love uh, this work
1: <laughs> yeah this is good stuff sorry i had a quick little
0: thing uh yep uh i love
1: the flower portraits too
0: yeah they're they're beautiful
1: i mean her all of her work is uh I wonder how large these are printed. Are they, are they <coughs> one-to-one, you think? Uh, I,
0: she seems like the kind of artist who would be doing stuff small.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just I, feels that I way. I kind of would like to see this small with large mats around it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know? So, so you, you it's almost like you've got to sort of zoom into this world. You've got to to really focus on Some this Some of those world.
0: flower ones feel like almost x-ray photographs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. they're really interesting. Yeah, Uh, it's a strange
0: shutter stuff. It's a strange thing when we get these, we get these cameras that are, you know, modern cameras, especially digital ones are so linear color wise, you know, that, 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 you know, what you see in front of, if, if what you see in front of the lens is what you want to get, you could get that almost exactly, you know, Mm um, and you see these processes like a lot of these Polaroids or collodion stuff or that kind of thing where, where it is, they're black and white, but even, even then the, the colors are getting shifted around, you know, within Mm -hmm. the black and white. So things get darker or lighter or whatever. Um, it, it allows, uh, for, for a level of, um, uh, ambiguity that we don't normally get sort of, uh, you're, you're rolling the dice a little bit, you know? Yep. Uh, unless you get to the point where you're seeing in, in that style,
1: You you were, you were right. Four by five with uh, Fuji instant black and white.
0: Yeah. Which is 3,200 speed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if if you visit her site. It's the same stuff I used for the, the up shots that I did in my four. Oh,
1: okay. Same stuff. Yeah. Uh, If you visit her site, be sure to look, uh, click on artist statement where she's got a little bit about each uh, series. So September is the cruelest month memory, stillness and time. Uh, She says a little bit about each of the projects and uh, it adds a little bit of context to it. Um,
0: It sounds like a a, a emo music song. September is the cruelest month.
1: I I think it's terrific. So well, well done. I love this stuff. It's Good. Thank you, Mike. And, uh, and thank you, Deborah for producing some really great work.
0: We should, uh, you should uh, get yourself a pack of Fuji four by five instant film.
1: And a, four by five camera to yeah. shoot it
0: or, or a smaller, get the the two and three quarter by three and a half or whatever it is. You know, the smaller Fuji film, the, the oh, stuff yeah, you yeah. would use in a back on a Hasselblad or whatever it is, right, but they have the right. bigger ones to peel apart. I'm sure you could buy one of those cameras for $30 on eBay. Yeah. You know? could be fun. Deborah Parkin. Good one.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick before we go, I, yep. I finally, uh, and I forgot to mention this. I finally put up <laughs> some paintings. I have a, I, I, added my paintings to my site.
0: Okay. Where do you go to set,
1: see this? It's just, it's just Okay. Okay. Uh, and if you click on shop, you can, you can, you know, if you want to buy something, you can, uh, everything's 10% off until the end of January. And then I did a coupon code just like, just like our, our cool sponsors. Okay. So OTP will get you another 5% off. Okay. So there you have it.
0: All right. Go check it out.
1: Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's real now. It's weird. It's very strange.
0: I know you're going to – yeah.
1: Out there. So anyway. Uh, So how do people get a hold of us?
0: Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Let's see. What else? We also have a phone number, uh, which is uh, 347-687-9411. And uh, we are on Twitter at Jeffrey Sidoris at Bill Wadman. And uh, you could get to us through the five by five contact form too, I guess. So everywhere,
1: um, really, really, any way through the group.
0: Uh, whenever I get a thing on 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 Twitter, or whatever it is, it's like, wait, how do I email you guys? I'm like, we say it's four times, <laughs> right? So it makes us at yeah. <clears throat> ends up getting to both of us. Or uh, go to the
1: group, which we've got what what are there thirteen f- thirteen hundred thirty three hundred something people. like that. We got a lot a bunch of, of new people over the weekend. Yep. Uh thirteen thirty two. Yep so keep them coming and uh, and you know keep the photos coming uh, anything else nope that's it okay we'll talk to All you right. later thanks for listening everybody have a good week bye Going
2: on and on the way we are for so long This way